You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 324. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 324. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. (laughs) Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Why are you acting like this is your show, though? Oh no, I was just producing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the EP. Oh, sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. Darlene. Mr. <laughs> Smith thinks he's taking over all of your production. I am. Yeah, I'm all five, four, three, two, <laughs> one, go. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Hey, so pod people. I- I've been cued in by our new tech over here, Mr. <laughs> Smith. I need a headset. Yeah, <laughs> need a headset. You do need a headset because we've got all these. Fancy hot mics here. Yes. We've got a hot mic. Got a hot mic here. That's right. So <laughs> Darlene is our amazing podcast editor and producer, so I'm super grateful for her. So hello, Thanks, Dee. Darlene. And we have an awesome topic coming at you. This actually was submitted as a listener question quite a while ago, and we covered it off a few years ago, actually, and I thought, you know what, this would be a really great one to redo, considering not everybody goes through over 300 fucking episodes, <laughs> you know. 300 fucking episodes. That's right. Yeah. That, don't get it twisted. We have explicit content. <laughs> That's right. For a reason. That's right. So it's funny. It's funny to me when I go on other people's podcasts and, they're, and I'll ask them, like, do I need to watch my language? And they're like, yeah, it just... I would hate to have to market explicit. And I'm like, <laughs> I would love to market explicit. I'd hate to not market explicit. <laughs> That's actually. exactly right. Yeah. I, I just can't. To me, that is wildly stifling and just not real life. So, But I do feel like if I'm going into somebody else's house, you know, I'm going to take my shoes off. So yeah. if I'm on somebody else's show and they don't do that, no problem. Leave the F-bombs at the door. Yeah. One, one time I did, though, really – catch myself and she was like it's no problem I'll bleep it out (laughs) I'm usually pretty good you know but anyway anyway I digress so we are going to be talking about shiny object syndrome sending out that SOS S period O period S period that's right and what what's that what is that really about when we're kind of chasing the next best thing we get distracted, you know, what's really happening for us in our minds and what can we do about it. So you're definitely going to want to have pen and paper available today because I am going to be giving you a shit ton of journal prompts that will help you kind of excavate if any of this stuff is really hitting home for you. All right. But, you know, we got to we got to have a little light segment. Oh, yeah. Before we get into the deep shit, right? Yeah, this one, well... This one can be considered light and deep, actually. Oh, can it? Mm-hmm. That's what you're bringing this week? That's what I'm bringing. Okay. We have a segment that we like to do called... Would you rather... Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. So today's would yes. you rather is, would you lo- rather live in a country run by supermodels or professional football players? Oh, man. Mm. Well, 
man, this is so hard because you go into all these major stereotypes. Exactly. And that, I mean, that's really tough. So what I do know about football. What do you know about football? I do know. I don't know what it's called, but I know that there's that thing that has recently been researched quite a bit about head injury and head trauma. Oh, yeah. Okay. And how, especially in collegiate sports, they're not being compensated Mm -hmm. and they end up what they go through something that it's it's like 90% of football players or something astronomical end up having this severe brain Im- impairment yeah they thought it was uh dementia at first right but it ends up that it wasn't it's just a tearing of the fabric in the brain wow yeah and if you so get hit several times you know it's like a scar or and if that- you scratch yourself if you keep scratching it it'll continue to build scar tissue same on the brain well, it, it makes me worry because so many of those players, like what, they retire in their 30s or 40s? Yeah. Well, you get a good five, maybe 10 years if you're lucky. And then and then they're already in stages of dementia and then <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't take this angle. I took the angle of oh, who man. has been in politics or who has run things from professional football or from supermodeling. Like, not very many people that I know of. I think professional football players have become congressmen and, you know, oh, okay. things like that, right? Well, maybe – well, I also started thinking there's a lot of strategy involved in football. Mm-hmm. You know, there could be that piece. But then I think about – Building a team, playing with others. But there's a real kind of being ele- element to that with, with supermodeling, too. You know, being somebody who has a makeup artistry background and dealing with models backstage. Like, there is a very specific etiquette. There's do's and don'ts. There's how you show up. There's being professional. There's being on time. Like, you can get blacklisted really easily. Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to be on your game in a lot of ways. I I also think that, though, could be detrimental to the movement that we're trying to have with body positivity and acceptance and it could further skew how mm. everybody views their their own body image and stuff Interesting. so i uh that's you're tough. coming from the social aspect of it i was kind of looking at who who's more competent who's more competent yeah and, and you know the other part of it that i thought about is men have typically been the people in power Right? right, right. Women haven't. So supermodels really haven't had that opportunity. Right. Because it is really not, wasn't really afforded to them. Mm-hmm. Now things are changing. You know, I think we're in a movement. Yep. And women are getting a lot more accepted and involved in politics. Thank God. Thank God, right? Um, yeah. So I was like, well, you can't go off the history, really, because women haven't had the history that men have in politics. So right. what do you go off of? You have to go off of your... What you know. Well, and and then to that point, too, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately just in looking at, for instance, I was looking for dog sitters for for our dog because we're going away for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And and I noticed that my trust when when it's a dude, doesn't matter what ethnicity it was. Same thing with women. If it was a dude, I was I felt less safe. If it was – and, and this is my tiny little dog. And these are, I'm sure, innocuous humans. And I – but I kept thinking, like, I feel safer with women. I feel yeah. safer with women doctors. I feel safer – you know, so I think I would go the supermodel route just because I think we could use a dose of that 
and and there's plenty of them that aren't idiots and that have right, yeah. that have started incredible you know despite sort of that stereotype have started incredible uh, philanthropic organizations yeah. or Christy Brinkley was, does amazing philanthropic work yeah I mean absolutely tons so and started really cool organizations for girls and things like that so I think I'm gonna go with that a long a long, yeah, it's a long long would you rather a, an, uh, I'm gonna analysis. go with you. you are for the very same reasons nice mm-hmm Good call. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it? You're winning some points, Mr. Smith. <laughs> We'd like to know what you guys think, though. And they can go where? <laughs> oh, nice, nice. I was like, are you going to take this? Are you going to take this? <laughs> take it halfway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we have, and now I'm all flustered, we have a, a private Facebook group, and it's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. <sighs> And Mr. Smith hangs out, and we talk about the Would You Rather every Monday, and he'll kind of crack the whip on any loopholes that people are trying to to pull. But it's a really fun discussion where I'll people make some funny comments too once in a while. Yeah, he'll mm-hmm. he'll throw in the dad joke or two. You know, <laughs> you got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. That's right. That's right. So, but we, you know, I do a bonus. Uh, training every single Thursday called Q and Slay, where you can submit questions and I answer them for you. Really great camaraderie. You know, you can always find help and support, and it's just a really beautiful corner of the internet. So if you're interested, just go to thejoyjunkie.com/club. It'll redirect you right over to our little our little area. That's, that sounds great. Everybody oh. go. <laughs> I'll meet you there. Are you distracted? No. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds great. Let's do that. So why don't we jump into the shiny object syndrome thing? Okay. SOS. Here's the deal. What is SOS? What is shiny object syndrome? It's essentially this idea where in our mind we see something new that we could get involved in or participate in or purchase or distract ourselves with and we go, ooh, maybe this is the answer. Maybe this is the answer. And usually we're saying this is the answer. And then the addendum is to my happiness. Mm, Okay. So there's sort of that cohesion there between, oh, maybe this is the answer. And it's to make me happy. Now, I am not talking about just like squirrel, you know, getting distracted or seeing something like that makes you lose your train of thought or something like that. I'm talking about where you perpetually start things and don't finish them or you take on really big projects thinking that it's the next big thing and then finding yourself not fulfilled mm. things like that where it's a it's, it's a fairly substantial investment of your time or energy or money i'm not just talking about you know getting bored one day yeah you know what i mean so let's talk a little bit about how this shows up and if this could potentially be you So here's a couple of places to look. The first I just mentioned, you start things with gusto and thrill and excitement, but then you often don't follow through. So Mm -hmm. this could be career hopping where you're kind of the perpetual student where you're like, well, maybe I want to be a makeup artist. Well, I'm going to go to makeup school. And then, oh, well, maybe I want to be a massage therapist. Oh, no, let me try this. And you just keep kind of grasping at things, thinking, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. And a lot of times what we're doing is we're, we're looking to this outside force to make us happy before we've done the internal work to go, here's what lights me up. Here's what makes me happy. Here's what I stand for. Here's what my identity 
identity is all about. And this is actually something that we do in Deep Down and Dirty. My signature program, it spans over like four months. And one of the middle, like kind of the middle sections of that is we go through this stuff, figuring out what do you want? Who do you want to be in this world? What are your values? Because so often we just get distracted by, oh, someone else tells me I should want this. Yeah. I should want to travel. I should want to be partnered. I should want to buy a home. I should want to have kids. And you're going, but that doesn't feel like it's in alignment with me. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps it is. No matter what, we're always starting the search externally instead of where we really need to start, which is internal. That so we're going to, I'm going to give you a ton of questions to journal around, but. I just want you to start thinking about that. Is that you? Do you start things with gusto and then have a hard time following through? And this is uh, one of the the things that I'll see with this is extreme excitement at the beginning and really great at gathering all of the data. So if you decide that you are going to be a makeup artist, you spend all this time putting together your kit and buying new makeup and you're you are attached to a lot of the sexy excitement of that brand new endeavor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you get really pumped up about it but then when there is really hard work that you have to depend on your big why or your passion to carry you through that hard work you lose steam and let go of it yeah right i can totally see that i see that with um uh with with kids oh yeah and sports Oh yeah, extracurricular activities. They're like, oh, I want to play chess, or oh, I want to play football. And then they get all the gear and get going, and then they're like, ah, right, not really into this. So they didn't really do the internal work of what. Or they're still kids and they're learning, but uh, the internal work is important, That's even right. at that age. Of what am I really doing this for? What's right. what's my why? It's so yeah. true, and this is basically the adult version of that. Mm-hmm. And but if you think about it, like. Nobody really teaches us that, you know, you don't really get taught that as a child and you certainly don't get taught that as an adult and compound that around emotions. This is usually what's happening. We don't want to feel something that's uncomfortable like boredom or unrest or lack of direction or frustration or guilt or fear. So we just go, what can quell this? What can stop this? And this is one of the avenues that we sometimes take. Another way that this can show up is if you make impulsive decisions really regularly and not necessarily impulsive decisions that are positive, but where you constantly find yourself regretting investments. Mm. Like, I really should have done my due diligence more. I should have researched that a little bit more thoroughly. I should have gotten referrals and figured out if that was really the the school I wanted to attend or the person I wanted to study with. So it's it's not just the impulsivity, because I do think that that can serve you really well in some ways, especially if you have a hard time making decisions. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is usually the, the, trigger, right? the yeah. antithesis of it, right? Where you're like, well, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do that? You know, and it can be really helpful to start to learn to go based off of instinct and impulse. But I'm talking about when, when it's a detriment to you, all right? A, another common narrative that will usually kind of run through your mind is thinking – oh, this is what I need, or, oh, I'll be happy when I figure this out, Uh or as soon as I get this photography business up and running, or as soon as I get involved in this new hobby, that's it, that's what I need, that's what I need, where it's kind of all of the eggs are in one basket, and it's the happiness basket, right? It's (laughs) like this one thing is going to unlock what I'm feeling, this stuckness that I'm feeling, right? 
Another huge piece of this, and this is, again, something I see constantly with my students in Deep Down and Dirty, is you have at least one major area of your life that feels out of control, stuck, or unhappy. Mm, Okay. Reason being, we will typically avoid that thing that causes us pain. Like if, if we're in an unhappy marriage, let's say, it can be so easily distracting to throw yourself into a new credential for your work. Like, yeah. oh, I need to get this new certification or I need to get this new uh, accreditation. And that looks really shiny. And I'm not even sure if it's in alignment with my future goals. But fuck if it doesn't get me away from this marriage. Like, I don't have to <laughs> deal with this other unhappiness. Right. Okay. So one of the things that I see with the students in Deep Down and Dirty is a lot of times it'll be that the area or the stuckness or the unhappiness has now become too painful to stay the same. And they're like, I cannot keep doing this and keep trying all of these damn shiny objects, hoping that it's going to magically make the change. I recognize that I'm the common denominator. I need to figure this shit out. So... Hmm. Another another huge indication is you struggle with patience and you want everything now. This can be really problematic in what is now being sometimes termed the app generation, uh, the Z generation, the younger than millennials. It They know everything is just fucking touchscreen and just it's loading and let me just order that and let me – you know, we, we – access everything from groceries to food to insurance to games to spouses to fuck buddies we we access everything with a swipe yeah so incredibly quickly so if there's something that's actually going to take us a decent amount of time it's challenging you know and we kind of go i want to have that now and i think a, a piece of this is looking at the bigger picture and going do i actually want the end result bad enough that I can t- do all of the hard work in between, you know, and, and that I don't think we, we often analyze or assess. A couple of other ways that shiny object syndrome might be showing up, you might be throwing up an SOS, is you are craving something you aren't getting. So mm. maybe, you know, this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier. Maybe it's, you know, I really would like more romance. I would like more fun in my life. I would like more adventures. I would like more friendships or community. And so we just start throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. And like, oh, well, maybe if I join this hiking club or maybe if I do this or maybe. I, and I don't think that it's all a bad idea to experiment and see what brings you joy. But I do think we need to be conscious about what we're actually doing and what we're hoping that it will provide for us. And more importantly, is there something that we're avoiding? Is there something sure. that's really absent in our life that this is kind of a Band-Aid for? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and this can also show up in uh, – this is something I see all the time – is you want to start a new business, but you just keep hoarding education and classes and classes and classes and classes and classes. And it's like, ooh, maybe if I just get one more class on marketing and, oh, maybe if I just get one more certification. And what you're doing is you're distracting yourself from your bigger vision and you're allowing fear, probably fear of failure, fear of success to impede you actually going after after what you really need to be going after. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, another example I think I mentioned earlier, unhappy marriage, you jump into a really consuming hobby. Like, oh, let me do theater. 
you know, something right. that takes like fucking 20 hours a week. <laughs> Let me do something to kind of avoid what's what's happening here. And I can definitely attest to that with the great hardship of 2014 that we had in having uh, your mom come to live with us. And that it, it was just a really challenging time with like her health issues and things like that. And we were in a show together, so that was really helpful. But, mm-hmm. you know, that I felt was, and this is why it's, personal development because it's fucking personal and you have to dig in and look at what's really happening i do think sometimes in those situations those are the things that are saving you you know that are keeping you sane amidst something that's really problematic but it's not going to make the problematic thing go away so you still you know if you have that shiny thing like for me doing a show doing theater during a really tough year i think that was one of the best decisions i could have made and i still had to address the shit that was happening at home Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. So if you aren't also doing that, then you might be sucked into an SOS. Mm-hmm. All right? So here's what I would love for you to do. I would love for you to get a pen and paper and write out if any of those things have hit home for you. I want you to jot down these questions because these are going to be concepts that you can journal around to kind of excavate of what am I looking to this next best thing to provide for me, right? So the first question is, where am I stuck, unhappy, unfulfilled, or feeling out of control? Stuck, unhappy, out of control. Or unfulfilled. Or unfulfilled. Yeah. Mm, okay. Or feeling out of control. Or what am I avoiding is mm. another way to kind of ask that. Okay. Because most of the time we're avoiding the thing that's uncomfortable. Sure. Because... If you find yourself in any of those situations like we were mentioning ahead of time, typically we're looking to something to to not feel that way, right? Like if you're feeling out of control, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling unhappy, we're always searching for the happiness pill. We're searching for that, that thing to unlock. And it's really interesting because I talk about this a lot with my students that there was this meme that I saw floating around and I thought it was so brilliant. And it said something to the effect of, it was an incredibly sobering day, the day I realized that there was no podcast, no guru, no personal development class that could fix me. I was going to have to fix myself. Amen. And that's, that is the game changer right there. It, and you see this in your career too. Like when people are like, I need you to fix me, Mr. Smith. And you're like, I need you to be aware of your body. Yeah. I need you to breathe into this muscle. I need you to feel what this feels like. I need you to plant your feet on the floor. I need you to, you know, take some fucking ownership. Yes. And that's exactly what I do. And the the women who come into Deep Down and Dirty and are ready to really fight and they will take – I will give you everything that you need. Seriously, every single thing that you need, every element of support, every tool, every tactic. But if you go in to it going – Amy needs to fix me. You're looking at it through a different, a, a non-ownership perspective. Right. But if you're like, I'm willing to do the work, oh my God, everything can change. It's true. Everything it's true. I change. tell my clients that all the time. I'm like, 10% of the healing happens here on the table. 
Right. 90% happens when you're aware of how you're using your body outside of the session. That's exactly right. Right. I like to call it field work. So field I'm like, work. the work is not happening when you're listening to the audio lessons or when, or even when you're on the group call, calls with us. The work is what happens when you watch how you're motivated, when you're watching your belief system, when you watch what you say to other people, what's happening in your own mind, what your emotions are telling you, when you're doing all of the day in and day out work, noticing what's happening, mm-hmm. that is where the shift happens. And it it's so crazy. I just heard from a student who was like, you seriously changed my life. And you you changed my, I've gotten messages from a couple of them who graduated like six months ago, one who was like two years ago. And she's like, I still use all of this stuff. I completely changed the trajectory of my life. And there's something that Jillian Michaels always says that I love when people say, you changed my life. She'll go, no, I gave you the tools. You did it. That's right. And that is exactly how I feel. Coaching is not coaching if you're dependent on your coach. Right. Right. Then you're not. That's Coach not. can't play the game for you. That's not empowering. That's right. You know, I don't ever want anybody to de- be dependent on me. So anyway, if you're interested in that. I was going to say, how does one get involved if they would like to take your class? Yeah. And really and change that entire. Yeah. I mean, it really is. a It's a new method of engaging with life. Truly is uh, I created a workshop, a completely complimentary workshop that kind of goes through the five major shifts that I think you have to make in order to get to that place where you can let go of what everybody else thinks and you Mm -hmm. can relinquish your grip on control or perfectionism or people-pleasing. And it and it's completely free. You'll learn a ton of stuff. And all you got to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop and you will – See an opportunity at the very end to book a session with one of my team members to talk about where where you are, what you're up against, and if deep down and dirty is really the the shift that you need. And the biggest thing that people say walking out of it is, I finally believe that I am enough. Mm. I believe in my worth. I believe in my value. And they say, I'm finally fucking happy. Wow. Like, and that's the stuff that it's like, we think it's the job. We think it's the weight. We think it's the, we can do all of that stuff and still be miserable. Yep. You know, the, the, the key to unlocking all of that is your relationship with yourself. So go to the joyjunkie.com slash workshop. Again, completely free. See if it's, if it's the ass kicking you need and then uh, jump on a call and we'll, we can talk about it. Sweet. All right. So. The first question is, where am I stuck, unhappy, unfulfilled, or feeling out of control, or what am I avoiding? All right? And as I'm going through sort of these journaling questions, please keep in mind that you can – you could journal on just one of these yeah. a day and fill up pages and pages and pages, right? All right. So number two. So all the recovering perfectionists out there, you don't need to do all of them. <laughs> nice. Little disclaimer. Number two. What can I do to address this? Hmm. And this is where we always say, look for the can, not the can't. That's right. Because if you're looking for the can, you're not putting in the... Trash can't. That's right. Yeah, you got to throw it in the trash can. Throw the trash can. So (laughs) what can I do to address this? So instead of jumping to the shiny object, what can you do? to address feeling unhappy, unfulfilled, or feeling out of control or something that you're avoiding. So instead of jumping into, oh, maybe I need a new hobby. And sometimes that is the answer. Yeah. 
you know, and that's why you have to kind of journal around it and figure out, is that is that the direction I need to go? What can I do to address this? If I'm feeling really stuck in my marriage, what can I do? I can start speaking up. I can have a tough conversation. If I'm feeling really stuck in my body, let's say, maybe I need to see a health professional. But I need to figure out how to be at peace and connected with my body instead of what we think is the surface issue of I just need to lose weight. I need to, you know, fix my back. I need to do all these things. Yes, and we need to be at peace with our body, right? There's no problem having goals around that stuff. I don't think that's a big deal at all. But when we say I'll be happy when, we are missing out on happy now by saying my happiness is contingent on achieving that goal. Right. So what can I do to address this, all right? Number three, when you're being pulled toward an SO. (laughs) (laughs) You SO. You SO. When you're being pulled towards a shiny object, ask yourself these questions. What am I making up that this will give me? And what do I want to feel? Because a lot of times when we go, ooh, maybe this will be the case. You know, maybe this new certification, this will mm-hmm. this will unlock everything for me. We look at that and then we're not really looking at how we're feeling. Well, what I really want to feel is accomplished or I want to feel motivation or I want to feel excitement or I want to feel fulfilled in my work. But we're distracting ourselves with something that's like kind of an immediate feel good. So you and again, you have to do sort of this dance here because sometimes that is what you need. Mm -hmm. But you won't know that until you really dig in and look at, am I just chasing something else? Or is this a really great step in my path? Mm -hmm. And we went through that. I don't know if you remember this. You had talked a lot about building a business in massage therapy. Yes. And you came to me, and this was after numerous different courses and programs and things, and you said, I want to go to uh, IPSP, right? Yes. Structural Integration School, Mm -hmm. basically. So if those of you who don't know, Mr. Smith works with the connective tissue in the body. That's right. um, And helps to kind of realign. You always like what I talk about. I do. I I love the way you describe it. He basically does what I do, but for the body. So getting people to have ownership over their own body so that they can feel much healthier. And it's a lot of times when Western medicine has really failed. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. The next option is surgery or cortisone injections or some shit like that. So I remember when you came to me, I said, is this really calling to your spirit of like this is – I'm so in alignment with this or is this another distraction course? Right. And yep. do you remember this? I do. And and you were like, no, I've really looked at this, and I feel like this is the next thing for me. And and it was, but I don't think <laughs> if you if you would have not really dug in and looked at that and looked at okay, I do have a tendency to collect trainings or collect courses as a as a delay to building my business. Yeah. You know, if you hadn't really looked at that and gotten clear, I think you could have put it, kept doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you have anything you want to add about that chapter? It was a great learning tool for me. And as I got into teaching structural integration, eventually, I was able to spot that in other people mm-hmm. and say, oh, you're a perpetual student. 
Yep. Right. And then give them some of, you know, my life experience on how to transition like you are. Right. Giving people ways to transition out of those. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just a neural pathway that has to find a new path. That's right. Right. It's a freeway that needs to be built somewhere else. That's right. That's how I look at anything I'm, I do now. It's like, oh, that freeway is getting a little too traveled. I got to go down this road and start making that one. And and let this one deteriorate and be overgrown with shrubs and yeah. not go down <laughs> yeah, that path anymore. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I think also one of the biggest pieces here is looking at our emotions and looking at how we feel, you know, because a lot of pretty much every decision that we make is is driven by our emotions. We of like course. to think that's not the case, but we we do. We make all our buying decisions based off of emotion. And if we really look at how do I want to feel yeah, and will this thing help me attain what how I truly want to feel long term? Right. And I think that's the key. Like, does is this cohesive with my big picture goals, my big picture dreams? And again, this is, you know, why we talk about this stuff nonstop and deep down and dirty. And, and this is why it's so important to have a guide because it's a different right answer every time. Sometimes I talk to students and I'm like, like you were saying, perpetual student, you're distracting yourself. I feel like you're doing excuses. And then other times I'm like, I feel like this is calling to you. Right. I feel like you need to explore this, you know? So, all right. Number four, what can I do to access these feelings now? So if you're craving freedom, if you're craving connectivity, if you're create, uh, craving beauty or a feeling of free, uh, fulfillment or happiness, what are those elements that you can look to now? Are there ways that you can play with your kids that really brings out fulfillment? Is there creativity that you can access with your best friend and go to a pottery class? Like, are there ways to access those feelings that you want with what you have now instead of going, I need this and I need that and I need this and I need that? A lot of times we forget that we have access to all of our emotions right now. We just have to be creative in figuring out what elicits them. I'd like to take it a step further and say that anything and everything we do is based off emotion. Yeah. Like our emotions are the reason why we do things. Oh, exactly. It, regardless. Right. Like, so to deny that and say, oh, I'm doing this for another purpose. No, everything is emotionally driven. Right. We just have this weird, I mean, and every, everybody knows that, right? Marketers sure as fuck know that. Oh, sure. It, you know, look at every beauty thing. Every beauty thing that's out there is like, I want to feel beautiful. I want to feel competent. I want to feel different about my body. So we have this weird thing, though, in our society where we're like, oh, emotions are scary. They're bad. That we're only good with them if they're happiness. But if someone's awkward, if they're uncomfortable, shame, guilt, fear, anger, like, oh, we don't want any of that. We don't want to we don't want to deal with that. Right. Yeah. And we're so weird about it. But yet we're completely driven by them. And they're com completely human. Totally. And, you know, I was just listening to a podcast. It was a TED Talk on anger. And they were talking about how anger can be a positive thing, but we look at it as a completely negative thing. Right. Right? Like if you express anger, you don't have control of yourself. Right. And it's right? the exact opposite. You can, ha you can express anger in an incredibly controlled way. Absolutely. And that comes with emotional intelligence. And I often tell people that it, expelling anger, as long as you're really 
responsible about your behavior. Like you can't just go and burn someone's house down <laughs> or like go key their car. Right. But you can beat the shit out of your bed or a boxing bag or, you know, go for a run or scribble furiously or do a primal scream. Like there's plenty of ways to access or get rid of anger. And I've had uh, a couple of students say things like, oh, I feel bad if I'm angry at a loved one. Hmm. And and I'm like, well, okay, first of all, you never need to feel bad for feeling what you feel, okay, because that's just hum human. You can <laughs> feel bad about actions you've taken that you're not proud of, but feeling what you feel, you're not wrong. You're not wrong for that. So let's express it and get it out so that you don't take it out on your, that loved one. You don't do the actions that you feel bad about. Exa it's it's right. not unlike the resistance that we have when we don't want to throw up, when there's food that's sitting in our stomach that you know you're going to feel better when you get it out. But we <laughs> resist and we resist, we resist, we resist, and then finally we get it out and we're like, okay, sweet. Now – I can drink water. Now I can consume other food. Now I can move forward. And that's exactly what happens when we expel energy in, in the form of anger. We're getting it out so that we can be healthy in the rest of our life, right? Yeah. Now it's very different if it's chronic anger. You know, that then sure. then we're dealing with probably rage issues and such like that. But, but I, I also think, if I may, sometimes anger doesn't look like a hostile person, mm. right? You can be passionate about something. You can be like emphatic about something and it may come off as angry. Right. Right. My brother talks about that. But it doesn't mean you are. Right. Yeah. This is also what's happening with uh, how people communicate different emotions. Like there are plenty of people who feel very intensely, but they're not demonstrative. They don't show it at all. Yes. The opposite direction. Right. And, and you think they don't give a shit. Right. Right. Because anger looks a specific way to you. Right. And anger looks very different to them. Yeah. Or passion looks very different to you. And you're like, aren't you excited? And they're like, I'm thrilled. And you're like, <laughs> right. I can't tell because thrilled <laughs> right. looks like this to me. Right. You know, and you wave your arms around and, you know. So uh, it, a lot of it, though, again, comes back to emotional intelligence, understanding what you're feeling yeah. and understanding your desired emotions, what you want to feel like. Yeah. Sorry for the sideline, but I just thought it was important. Yeah, no problem. All right. So number five, what is my big picture goal and what do I need to stay committed to? Okay. So if there is something like a career change or you want to move to a different country or something that is a big lofty goal, you need to get really clear on, am I doing this for myself? What is my big why? Is this truly around my own fulfillment? And do I need to stay committed to this? Because I do think there's times when we need to throw in the towel and we need to say, like, this is not for me. But – Getting distracted, constantly getting distracted by, oh, maybe this is the answer, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, is not helping you tap into the big picture of what I really want for my life. Yep. And sometimes that's the problem, is that we simply don't know what we want. So we're like, let me just throw everything against the wall, see what lands, you know? Yep. And it's a tactic, but it could also serve you to kind of dig a little deeper and look, look at how you operate. You look like you're researching over there well furiously. there was a book called uh the big why oh yeah and i just wanted to refer to it because it is a great read uh it's by walter hollum and perry stone it's called the big why 
Okay. Understanding adversity and transforming your troubles into triumphs. I'm going to link that to, in the show notes as well so you guys can can take a look at that. But that, I think, is really important when we look at what what do I think this thing will give me? Uh-huh. What is my big why? Yeah. Why do I want this in my life? And then finally, number six, how do I feel about myself? What is my sense of self-worth? We've kind of danced around this a little bit, and this is the big deep down and dirty question. This is what my students come to me for. They recognize that it's not in the weight. It's not in the career. It's not in the spouse. It's not in all of that. It is that I don't believe that I am enough. I don't believe that I'm worthy. So I am constantly searching for happiness outside of myself. That is one of the biggest reasons that we send out that SOS. Hmm. I'm not enough. So let me gather it externally. Let me accomplish. Let me people please. Let me distract myself from how I feel about who I am. And if this is you, I really want to encourage you to find the link in the show notes for the workshop. Have a watch through that. And I really think you're going to know pretty spot on if that's if that's what you're up against. You know, I think you're going to notice like, oh, that's why I haven't been able to say things to myself that I, you know, positive mantras that I really believe. And I talk a lot about sort of cognitive dissonance and what's happening with the subconscious and the conscious mind. So I think it'll shine a lot of light for you and like, oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. So again, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. So that is what I have for you. Let me run through these questions really quick as a final little recap. And here are your journaling prompts. Number one, where am I stuck, unhappy, unfulfilled, or feeling out of control, or what am I avoiding? Number two, what can I do to address this discomfort? Number three, when being pulled towards a shiny object, ask yourself, what am I making up this thing will give me, and what do I want to feel? Number four, what can I do to access these feelings now? Number five, what is my big picture goal and what do I need to stay committed to? This might be where you ask yourself, what is my big why? Mm -hmm. Number six, how do I feel about myself? What is my sense of self-worth? You might want to even start with that one because that's usually pretty indicative of us having this perpetual chase for worthiness outside of ourselves. So again, lots of info for you this week, lots of stuff in the show notes. Don't forget to join us over in the After Hours community. And I think that's everything. Anything else you wanted to throw in the mix? Hmm. I think all of the things that you've mentioned here are just, they're, they're um, defining examples of being inquisitive about yourself. Yep. If you're inquisitive about yourself and why you feel and why you do, mm-hmm. You're, you're going to be a lot happier in the choices that you make. That's right. Right? So I think just being inquisitive about why you're feeling something and not just feeling like, oh, that's just who I am, and going about your day, I think just that would be the big why for me is that – or not the big why, more like the big reason mm. that you're even doing any of this. Yeah. Like if you put it all under an umbrella, it would be to be inquisitive. Mm. Right? Well, and it's funny that you bring that up because one of the things that – I tell my students at nauseum is awareness is the win. Awareness, awareness is the win. Yeah. You cannot make any sort of change <laughs> unless you're aware of it. Yeah. Like, ooh, wow, there I got totally sucked into that infomercial. Or there I yeah. got totally sucked into that. Is that really in alignment with who I want to be? Is yeah. that a decision I want to make? Awareness is the win. Yeah. I so. tell my clients the same exact thing. 
Like you're sitting on that leg. Oh yeah, I'm sitting on that leg. You know. You need to notice that more. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, take that. Maybe ownership. that's why my back hurts. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, right. Well, I'm hoping that this has been helpful for you all. We will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, out. <laughs>